Hello and welcome to Mad Mag's Curios Emporium, Season 2, Episode 7, Camping and Confidence. This episode was recorded March 2019. It was recorded after we had a wonderful spring break camping excursion, and I just talk about ways that I employed magic and my magical workings even on family vacation. And that's the cool thing about magic. It's kind of an all-the-time thing if you want it to be. And that's something I'll explore more in later episodes. And with this introduction, I am effectively caught up on the back catalog. After this episode, there is a hiatus that takes place over the summer. And then I picked back up after an event, GlitchCon that occurred at the very beginning of August and starting August 2019 is when I pick back up the podcast and I proceeded to start doing the migration process and here we are the final introduction I'm needing to do and we will be picking back up as normal without these introductions in front of each podcast so thank you for sticking it out with me if you are new welcome I really hope you enjoy send me an email. Let me know what you think. If you are listening back through the catalog, that is awesome. I admire your perseverance. I hope that you have noticed a vast improvement in the audio quality and just sort of the flow and the narration of the podcast. Drop me a line. Let me know. I love to get feedback. And so now we have season two, episode seven, camping and confidence. Hey everyone, Mad Mag here. I am back from our family spring break vacation. We had a fantastic time. I really hope everybody has been kind to themselves over the last week or so. It's been uh, it's been a little shaky. Mercury in retrograde has hit a couple people. We got hit. For example, um, after my nice little rabies scare, if you want to go back and listen to that mini sad episode, um, my partner two days no the next day got hit uh got t-boned and the car totaled fortunately he walked away with nary a scratch and that my lovely witch lanes or witch curious types um that would be the benefit of trying to do the occasional protection spell on your family just make sure there's some layers of protection there and you know The most it's going to cost you is a little bit of time or cost and ingredients, but you don't have to get fancy. So fortunately, even though the car was absolutely totaled, hit so hard that it knocked the center off the frame, he he walked away without a scratch. No bruises, no sore muscles the next day. We were incredibly fortunate. And with the insurance payout, we did go ahead and buy a new car. Now, normally making a big investment during a Mercurian retrograde is not advisable, but we sat and thought on it and I did quite a lot of spell working to make sure that we would have a clear path, clear eyes, and a clear victory in the negotiations. And it paid off. We've got a wonderful new car that will be even more suitable for future road trips because one thing we learned on our drive down to San Antonio is that little one has been sprouting. And she's gotten, uh, she's gotten big enough that she cannot comfortably be squished up in the back of our admittedly larger car, uh, with a lot of stuff. She gets, she gets too cramped. So the upgrade is definitely going to be beneficial because we're hoping to take some more road trips in the future.
Now, taking trips during Mercury in retrograde uh, can sound like a risky proposition, but really, if you're taking a trip to get away, to sort of unplug, to rest and relax, that doesn't tend to come with the same issues as, say, a business trip. And I also did a lot of prep work. I did the mundane, which was making sure we had clear maps laid out of how to get where we were going, made sure the car got checked out. I did all the things sort of here in the physical to make sure that the trip would be fun and safe. And then I took time to address things on a spiritual level, did some spell working, created a charm bag, and we had a fantastic trip. No trouble whatsoever. And I am extremely thankful for that. We have a lot of happy memories, a lot of amazing pictures. Um, and yeah, it was it was awesome. We even took time to visit a, a little witchy shop in San Antonio and pick up a couple of things. It was sort of a change of pace from a lot of the other activities we were doing. And Little One had an amazing time, found about a million things that caught their eye, but we but was very reasonable in the uh, selection that she ultimately made. She got her first official tarot deck that she picked out for herself. It was a dragon tarot deck, and she's very happy with it. I felt drawn to two different decks and then pulled the trigger and chose an oracle deck, which is outside of what I normally select. It was a dark goddess oracle deck. Oh my gosh. I love it. It has been, I've already been working with it and I've been extremely happy with um, the results so far. I feel like the deck and I are going to vibe really well. And one of the tricks when working with Oracle decks, tarot decks, or any sort of divination tool is figuring out what the strengths and weaknesses are going to be, taking time to introduce yourself to the deck, have the deck introduce itself to you, and get an idea of, hey, when I'm facing a particular issue, which deck is going to be my best approach? No, it's fine. If you have one deck that is your all-purpose deck, that is totally fine. I have found that I get, you know, part of it is just sort of a collector's, you know, habit. I, I find myself wanting to collect tarot decks. I really need to stay off of Instagram because I am following more and more um, pages that or accounts that have amazing decks featured. And I find myself being like, ooh, I like that one. That one would look nice uh, and be really appealing when I'm working with these certain issues. So that is definitely turning into a hazard all its own. Anyway, point being, I introduced myself to my Dark Goddess Oracle deck and I like it. Oh, I like it. And that's given me sort of a push to want to start collecting more Oracle decks. Hopefully I can show some degree of like self-control in that realm. Uh, we'll see. One of the other little projects that I did before we left was create a, uh, a sort of servitor. I named him Wilhelm Dorman. Uh, he was a little teeny tiny sort of gnome, I guess it would be a gnome statue. And so I did some sigil working on it um, and did some imbuing and set him up to basically guard the house while we were gone. Now, I want to do some more sophisticated working with him and like 
better flesh out the parameters but he did an excellent job I mean all things considered we were gone we didn't have any issues now we're in a nice neighborhood and again we took all the the mundane precautions that a person can take you know making sure that our house is secure making sure everything was unplugged um things like that just to make sure there were no risks and then when we got back the only issue one of the cats we know which one it is it was Hermione uh, had jumped up on top of a bookshelf knocked over a vase and it, it was just a typical standard glass vase and so it broke and that you know okay that's a that's a pretty cheap price for how well everything else went um I'm really happy to see that both the mundane and then more mystical magical precautions that we took really paid off. During the course of camping, a couple of things that we did. Uh, first of all, I made a nice little campfire blend of lavender and sage and cinnamon and dried, uh, dried lemon um, and a couple of other spices. And you can customize these you know, however you would prefer, and sprinkling it over each night over the campfire as sort of a, I don't know, I guess partially an offering, but it would make the campfire smell nice, um, chase away any bugs. They tend to make a good bug repellent. It's just a nice fragrant smoke. The interesting thing is the first night when we were setting up, um, partner and youngling drove to the store to pick up a few things so I was there trying to get the fire started and the people two men at the campground next to us seemed to be having trouble getting theirs started so I offered them some of our fire starter which you know here's a little tip toilet paper roll stuff it with some dryer lint boom great fire starter and it's a great way to kind of recycle stuff so you're not just throwing it out so I offer them some just trying to be neighborly and one of them apparently took that as an invitation to be visiting. Okay, no problem. He stayed over on his side. There are these little wood fence dividers between the campgrounds um, and making conversation. But as time went on, he would, he would walk away and then he'd come back and talk more. And he would get closer each time and started really getting into my space. But anytime my partner, my husband would come up, he'd walk away. He wouldn't want to engage my husband in conversation. And considering one of the first things this uh, gentleman felt was appropriate to talk to me about was how the women he worked with are such bitches, my red flag, like it was, or my, I observed red flags. My antenna was up. I was concerned um, because, you know, it's one thing to be nice and chit-chat, but he was completely ignoring his camping buddy. He was only coming up and talking to me when I was alone at the campsite. He was getting closer and closer each time. And he was, I felt like, testing the limits of what he could say. And I just wouldn't go along with it. I would either be busy or, you know, well, hey, you don't, you don't know their lives. And it was, it was an awkward situation because while I was standing my ground and I didn't feel threatened, I felt a little exasperated. Like, come on, dude, you are out here with a buddy. We're strangers. We're not friends. I did a nice thing. So 
you know, why don't you just, you kick it with your friend or if both of you want to come talk with me and the people I'm camping with, that's great. But there's no reason for you to feel a connection to only wanting to talk to me and wandering off when my partner shows up. And my partner is not, he's not a jealous guy. Like that's not a problem. We don't, we don't have those issues in our relationship, but even he noticed and was like, Hmm, this is strange. This, uh, this doesn't seem appropriate. And I, I did, I said, it's not, this is, this guy is definitely kind of acting out of line. And so the amazing thing is towards the end of the night, after I sprinkled, uh, the, um, the, the fire blend or the herbal blend on the fire. And I actually made it a point to throw a decent chunk of white sage on it. Uh, he walked away and they left that night. So they set up camp, but then didn't even stay the night and left sometime in the night. Um, and you know, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Maybe that had nothing to do with it. It does seem strange to me to intend to stay the night and then leave during the night. But, and I know that they left because at one point during the night, Youngling needed to go to the bathroom and it was like dead middle of the night. And yeah, they were gone. So that there was an added benefit. And I really, I felt, okay, I felt a little smug. If, if we're being honest, I felt a little smug because, you know, got rid of the dude. Maybe, maybe that did it. Maybe it didn't. Either way, I didn't feel scared, but I did feel annoyed. And I felt like maybe, maybe that, uh, herbal blend being thrown on the fire really did, uh, clear out some bad energy. And we didn't have any problems with, you know, bad neighbors. We had at one point neighbors that were a little loud, but it was more like their voice carried and whatever. That's fine that's no big deal, man. We're all camping. We've anybody who's camped while young has probably been a little too loud. So that's no big deal. But having that, uh, having that on hand there, there was a degree of empowerment there feeling like I was able to do something to sort of influence a, an aspect of my environment that I wasn't entirely thrilled with. And also just as a sort of PSA to anyone just because somebody is nice to you for like two seconds, that's that's basic human interaction. Being kind is base level. You know, they don't get a cookie for it, but you also shouldn't take it as, oh, we're best friends now. Like being kind is base level. Don't then start encroaching in their space. Um, try to observe the verbal or at least physical cues. And I get it. It's not always obvious, but if somebody is like, clearly working on a fire, clearly chopping wood, not looking at you, um, they probably aren't inviting you over for further conversation. And if there's something about your desire to converse with somebody that it, you find it diminishes when any other other person is around, you really should question your motives. Like maybe you're not intending to look like a creeper, but you are looking like a creeper and people are justified in thinking that. So you know, maybe just stay in your lane, stay in your space. Just because somebody is nice to you does not mean that you are welcomed into their space. Like just have a little self-awareness and that's for anybody. But if we're all being honest, there might be certain groups that are one particular group that needs to be 
more aware of that message than others. And for anybody who feels uncomfortable, you have every right to tell somebody to stay in their lane. Do it in a way that you're comfortable doing it. Obviously, there can be heavy repercussions. Some people do not take rejection well up to the point of if they feel humiliated or rejected, they think that violence is an acceptable recourse. So with that awareness, choose your words accordingly. Choose, you know, follow what you're comfortable with. I wasn't worried. I honestly did have the attitude of, if this guy comes at me, I can take him. And I pretty quickly set up in my mind, okay, what are my limits? If he touches me, like literally in any way at all, if he makes any kind of physical contact with me or my belongings, he's getting the smackdown. He is being told to back the fuck up, to get back over on his side, or we're going to have huge issues. I set that limit in my mind early. I'm not a fan of people touching me, especially without my permission. Touching me without my permission is a hard no. And everybody has the right to set that limit. In fact, that shouldn't be considered an unusual limit. Like we should assume that every single person we interact with has that limit and that we should have their permission, their consent to touch them. This person was giving off the vibe that they didn't hold to that, um, that ideology. So I had to set that line, you know, in my mind. And the other line was if he started being creepy, like sexual talk. And that's a weird thing to have to say, yeah, if this person starts saying creepy, like sex stuff to me, but I mean, the reason I had to set that line in my mind is because it's happened to me in real life plenty of times, unwanted sexual comments from strangers. So that was the other, yep, if he starts getting pervy, I will give him the smackdown, tell him to get back in his lane. It's not a compliment. And if anybody here is confused about whether or not it's a compliment, I'll say this to all the guys. Um, if you're just paying a compliment, then why don't you go ahead and pay your dude bros the same compliment and see how that goes. Or tell me how it would go if a guy that's sexually interested in you pays you the same compliment. I have a feeling your response is very different. And really, me saying, hey, just get consent first, just don't talk to people like that, that should be a reasonable line for anyone. But like I said, it's happened to me in real life before. So I was mentally preparing myself for that to be um, something that could happen. And uh, yay, it didn't. The white sage chased away whatever weird energy this guy was giving off. And um, I did feel, I was, like I said, I wasn't scared. It was really just a matter of annoyance. And that's nice. Not everybody would be in a position to not be scared. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're in a situation like that and you do feel scared, you're not defective. There's nothing wrong. There have just been enough situations in your life or anecdotally that you know that fear is a rational response to somebody that may be coming across as intimidating. You have every right to get out of that situation or to find somebody to sort of be there and support you. But the other thing to remember, if somebody comes at you like you think, oh, dang, it's it's getting real. 
there's nothing you can do to calm this situation once it reaches a certain point. Just take the fucker down with you. Like, that was something in my head. Like, oh, I'm here by myself right now. If this guy were to... And we all do these mind exercises, so don't play like you don't. Come on. Be real. We all are in a situation where, like, if X happens... Will I do Y? And if I do Y, what is their move? We all play this like mental chess game from time to time just to see, like test what we think our boundaries are. So don't act like you don't do it. I did it. And I I was in a very comfortable like, oh yeah, if this guy, you know, got mad and came at me like he was going to get violent, I would make sure that I would take a piece of him down with me. If I went down, he was going to go down too. It was going to be a double, not a single homicide, you know, like, and, and maybe that seems extreme, but sometimes, especially, uh, people like me, people who are in my situation, people of my gender, uh, we sometimes have to do what it takes to bolster ourselves and to feel comfortable. Like I really feel like a lot of the comments that were made and the approach, approach, approach wouldn't have happened if I had been a guy. One of the reasons I feel that way is because my partner is a guy and this, uh, this individual had no interest in approaching him whatsoever. Food for thought. And if anybody here gets bothered by this line of conversation, um, this is not the show for you. Like, I'm so sorry. I don't know how you wandered into this show like yes I will talk about witchy stuff but it's like the world in general and I'm going to talk about things from my perspective and it is the perspective of a woman (laughs) and if you don't like that if you're somebody who's uh maybe a uh, MRA type this is so not the place for you to be you should probably turn this off you're not you're not going to feel better as time goes on I promise um all right so that was that was one little hiccup and I did want to share it and part of the craft part of what we do is being empowered being secure in who you are and what you're capable of and knowing what you're capable of realistically but having confidence is a tricky thing because I think oftentimes confidence gets defined through a very narrow lens the lens of sort of the the rich white heterosexual male lens like what they see as confidence that's what confidence is and no confidence I mean confidence can be expressed in different ways and we can perceive confidence in different ways confidence can be a humbling thing confidence I feel like too often is paraded around as uh, arrogance like if a woman's confident she's arrogant but an arrogant man is confident it's, it's a very strange dichotomy, one I'm not a fan of, if you could possibly believe that. So for us ladies, and I am, I'm talking, okay, I, guys, gals, non-binary pals, wherever you fall in the spectrum, if I say ladies, I, anybody who is lady, lady, I, you know, affiliated, if you feel like a lady, you are a lady. Cool? That's another <laughs> thing I want to get out there, so... So all my, all my ladies who might be subjected to that, oh, if you're confident, you're actually arrogant. No, you wear it how you want to wear it. And if somebody around you doesn't like it, I mean, fuck them. One of the things you have to remember is historically as a woman, you're going to be judged 
no matter what you do. There is always going to be someone, usually a man, telling you that what you're doing, you're doing wrong, including things like having a period and childbirth, you know, those things men know so much about. So we definitely don't need to let them tell us we're doing confidence wrong. Wear your confidence in whatever way you can. Now, in my opinion, confidence is not about seeing anyone else as less than, seeing yourself as better than. That's not confidence. Confidence is believing in who you are, believing in the power that you have as a person, believing in yourself as an individual saying, I am worthy. People may see me as less than for these reasons, but dab on them haters, as Youngling would say. I love that. I love that saying. Dab on them haters. But yeah, dab on them haters. If somebody sees you as less than because of your gender, because of your orientation, because of your ethnicity, you know, fuck them. All right? Confidence is about saying, I know for a fact those things don't make me less than. It is... For people like us, confidence is actually our shield. It's not a sword. The um, people who tend to have a lot of privileges and advantage in this world, confidence for them is a sword. They're able to use it to cut and slice their way higher up the mountain. And keep in mind, these are people who tend to start off like three quarters of the way there, while the rest of us are maybe only halfway there or even only a fifth of the way there. We literally spawn towards the bottom of the mountain and the confidence isn't a sword. It's a shield to block all the debris that the people up at the top are sending down, crashing on our heads. So use that confidence. Shield yourself with confidence. It's it's fine that you protecting yourself, protecting your own integrity and your dignity does not make you arrogant. Doesn't make you a bitch. It doesn't make you an asshole. It doesn't make you uppity, a prude, a whore, or whatever somebody's going to want to call you for being confident. And I feel like this is a message we really need. Um, You know, Mercury in retrograde is ending, but I mean, it was quite the storm to weather. And one of the things that it seriously impacts is communication. So anybody who's been sort of the victim of some brutal communication lately, people feeling like they can say things to you that really they don't have the right to say to you, people who've been casting judgments on you that try to color you as less than, you need to know that, first of all, you're not less than. Things like that do not make you less than. Choices, choices can can impact that. I I will say, if you choose to be an awful person, an objectively terrible human being, that's one thing. But unless you're um, Gacy or Dahmer is listening to this from the great beyond, any Albert Fishes tuning in, uh, I don't feel like I'm talking to people who have done things like that. Mistakes are one thing, you know, just as long as you're not, you know, cannibalizing children, I think you're okay. And so... Don't let people make you feel like less than. Use that confidence. Use that shield. Be aware that they're coming at you with a sword. You've got a shield and you have every right to use it. Now, I've been saying all of this about confidence, but I think we all know that confidence can be really hard 
to come by, especially when you get bombarded with negative messages about aspects of yourself. And sometimes it's just not getting any positive messages. Like you're not getting explicitly negative messages about aspects of yourself, but you are not seeing any positive representation of those aspects. And that can be just as damaging. It really can, because there's a degree of erasure there of pretending that who you are doesn't exist. And so how can you possibly have any confidence in yourself when you're being told who you are doesn't exist? And that speaks to a lot of different facets of people's lives, of challenges that people face. Um, you know, there's things about me that get portrayed in negative aspects. I am overweight. And of course, that has that has a heavy haha joke heavy price in in the society that we live in i managed to get confidence and it's taken my whole life to get there i grew up with so much focus being on my appearance now why was there so much emphasis on my appearance um well because only the pretty girls get chosen you know, I mean, part of it was tied to my gender, like my gender, um, or rather my sex, uh, was a big factor in why my appearance was so important and what my appearance should be. And my sex determined what my gender should be and how I should be based on the assumed gender. And it turned into a really big tangle. I there weren't a lot of people like me being represented in TV shows and movies and music and books. I wasn't represented the type of person I was and, and am there wasn't representation and it's been a long process getting to where I needed to be to have confidence. I give a lot of credit to people who are incredibly brave in speaking up in speaking out in demanding that space be made for them. Um, Lindy West is a fabulous uh, writer and I am going to give her a shout out as a comedian. That was one of her dreams and she wrote a book called Trill. I highly recommend it um, for anybody who faces issues of, of confidence. She is wildly intelligent, very beautiful. Not that her appearance matters, but she is a beautiful fat woman. And she writes about her experiences starting from the beginning. And they resonated with me so deeply. And there was that underlying current of how humor tends to tie into people who are already outsiders to some degree. And if you were a woman, you were an outsider in society in its own way. And women still struggle in the comedy realm. That's a whole nother thing. That's a little book recommendation that I'm going to throw out. It was one that helped me tremendously. And so I decided I'm going to be my own representation. I'm not going to be ashamed of the space that I take up because I've earned my right to take up space. I don't owe somebody my space. That was a very empowering realization. And also the whole, you know, hey, no matter what I do, because I am a woman, I'm going to be criticized. Somebody is going to have something critical to say. I'm going, there's going to be a mansplainer out there somewhere. 
waiting to tell me more about something that I know far better than they do. That's just a fact of life. And there was this weird sort of zen, this bliss that just came over me when I realized if it doesn't matter, then what am I afraid of? Because fear is is an enemy of confidence. Confidence doesn't mean not being afraid, but it means having that extra push to do it anyway. It's kind of like courage, but I feel like courage isn't quite the word. So if somebody who is far uh, better with words wants to email me with something that would be a more fitting term, that would be awesome. The confidence sort of welled up and filled in the vacancy that fear left behind. I stopped being so afraid. I stopped, okay, if if somebody sees me gasp eating in public, because everybody knows it's totally cute when somebody who's teeny tiny is gorging themselves, but if you are even average weight, let alone overweight, and you're eating, you get weird looks. People treat you weird. It's not, it's not cool. When I stopped caring, when something about that, that piece of anxiety and fear drained out or evaporated, confidence filled in the space. So getting confidence, part of it is having no more fucks to give because there are so many things going on in the world and we can only give so many fucks about so many things. You will become emotionally drained if you try to care about everything. And it's not your job to care about everything. It's not your job to care about everyone. Um, at least not everything and everyone intensely. Does that make sense? You can't just intensely care about every single thing in the world. So pick your fucks. Pick the fucks that you're going to give and have a hand empty of fucks for the things that don't matter. And some jabroni's opinion of my weight or my hair on a particular day or what my face looks like without makeup or my hairy legs or my unshaved armpits, I, I, I'm going to be empty handed of fucks for that individual because that person does not impact my life in any way. The opinion of somebody who wants to try to take up my space, to push me out of my space, somebody who feels entitled to space in my head or entitled to share their opinion about me and my life, I have no fucks to give that person. Because... What's the consequence of not caring? Very often the consequences are low of just not caring what other people think. And I think that's an interesting issue that I faced was I I was afraid of making people mad if I didn't care enough about how they felt about me, which is kind of crazy. And as somebody that takes medication, I I was able to recognize like, ooh, that's that's getting into kind of a crazy zone. I'm going to exhaust myself and completely 
break my brain beyond fixing if I keep spending all of my time worrying about how other people feel about me. That is so exhausting and that doesn't serve me. At the end of the day, every single person on this planet could have an opinion about me and I will never have a positive reaction from every single person and I'm not going to bend and break myself to fit the mold that each individual feels I should fit. Instead, I want to focus on what I think serves the higher good and doing right by the people I am invested in. And I really advocate that for all of us. That sounds like it has the potential to be selfish, but only if a person already has a unique line of selfishness running through them. If you care about balance, if you care about not treating others as less than, then it's not going to become a problem to focus on yourself, to be the best possible self you can be, and not give fucks what randos think about you. The only time that becomes a problem is when you're dealing with sociopaths. And, you know, I hope none of us have to. It's a process that you can use some of the craft to facilitate. It really is mind over matter. But isn't that kind of what the craft is too? I mean, depending on your view of it, of course. But for me, seeing things manifest through the craft really helped with my confidence and there are additional things that I do one of my favorite things to do is working with the tarot and drawing a card that tells me what I need to focus on for the day and the way I interpret that card automatically tells me where my headspace is you know if I draw Lilith one day I may see it as embracing my sexuality another day I may see it as claiming my dominance and on a different day I may see it as rejecting unnecessary dogma and however I see that it's going to tell me where my headspace is and that's great it's it's like a little sort of self-diagnosis that you're able to do each day get in a quiet space draw a card it can be tarot it can be oracle draw a rune whatever works for you and let that sort of tell you right off the bat, hey, where's my headspace? Why did I draw Lilith? And my first thought was, you know, I need to work on defined dogma. Probably that means that I've been feeling too constricted, too restricted. I've been feeling suffocated by unnecessary rules and expectations. Okay, well, if I'm feeling suffocated by unnecessary rules and expectations, what space have I been operating in that pushes that on me? Have I been, you know, working through something that's tends to be very bureaucratic? Have I been, you know, having to wait in line at the DMV? Or have I been reading too much news about what's going on in politics? That answer is always yes. That That's always a yes for me. I'm always reading too much in the news. Help me, please. I've got to stop. Okay. So, <laughs> so that lets me do a little self-analysis right there. Like, okay, I have been filling my time and space with something that if it is not truly serving me and it is putting me into this negative space, then how do I remove myself from that negative space? And it can be, all right, 
phones off. Man, when we were in San Antonio, I mean, I would read the books I had on my phone or listen to a podcast. But other than that, like, I was not using my phone. Um, it was awesome. I seriously, I mean, we were, we were very unplugged on the trip, not completely because, you know, navigation is a thing and the, and the youngling is a rather domesticated creature who is not ready to fully thrive in the wild without her technology. Nonetheless, we were fairly unplugged and it was so refreshing. And I noticed a huge difference between that and how long it took me to get back to using my phone. And then once I did, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to dive back in. And man, once I started getting back on Facebook, which it took me a while, but then once I did, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't love this. And more than just getting back on Facebook, it was reading the news, how quickly I was like, yeah, this isn't where I want to be. This is already putting me in a yuck headspace. And very quickly, like I wasn't waking up feeling like, oh, everything's great and wonderful, like in San Antonio. And let me stress, we were sleeping in a tent. It was cold. It was not the most comfortable sleep, but I was still waking up with a better attitude than once I kind of got back into the swing of things and specifically getting back into what was happening in the news. And while we should all be aware, I wind up becoming almost like a completionist and needing to know everything. I can't just kind of know what's going on in the news. I should know all the details, everything. And you know what? That doesn't serve me. It doesn't. There's nothing I can meaningfully do if I read five articles covering the same thing, the same topic, a topic that is going to enrage me more and more each time I essentially am rereading the same facts. That's not serving myself and that's not going to, it's going to make me draw the Lilith card or it's going to make me draw the Morgan and be like, yep, time to go to war, time to start a riot and burn the motherfucker to the ground. Well, yeah. So the cards can help you do a nice little self-diagnosis and see where your head's at. And as you do that, you're going to build confidence just in how well you're treating yourself. It's a bit of a self-care thing. And self-care is a very broad spectrum of kind things that you are doing for you. So doing just a daily, where's my head at? what should I focus on with your cards is a great way to start building that up. Another kindness you can do for yourself. I mean, God, I don't want to start saying exercise and this, that, and the other, but so pick one esoteric thing, pick one thing in the realm of the craft that interests you. And instead of engaging in maybe a negative habit that you have, replace that habit with time studying. Now, I love to study. So this is an intuitive one for me. Like studying is innately in and of itself a very rewarding activity. So if it is not for you, then you don't have to do this. But if studying, researching, learning, you know, accumulating knowledge is something that is fulfilling for you, take a bad habit. Like I was able to quit smoking and part of it was putting off, like leaving my e-cig in another room and be in 
you know, my reading area, reading. And okay, if I want to go smoke, I've got to put my phone down or put my book down, you know, whatever I'm reading on, I have to put it down and go get it. And I love reading so much that it would help me delay longer and longer and longer because I would be so involved in what I was reading, what I was studying. And I have been smoke free, like, let's see, I haven't smoked in five months, I think. Yeah, I think about five months. And, and well, maybe four. And that's a great feeling. That's like a super awesome feeling. You better believe that helped build confidence. So I, I gained confidence in a new aspect of self-control. I was doing a physical kindness to myself to, for my health. And I was also gaining knowledge and additional like skills that could be applied to my craft. You better believe that made me feel better about who I am. And I'm sure you can find a way to alter this to fit your habits. Take time. The biggest thing I can advocate for as somebody who is doing a podcast and increasing her social media presence, I still say this with great confidence, decrease your social media put your phone away. Don't text when you're hanging out with other people. That's a big one. We wind up on our phones so much when we're in groups. And I know for me, I get really bummed out if I'm hanging out with somebody and they're on their phone a whole lot. I start feeling like, uh, hey, I mean, if you don't like hanging out with me, you really don't have to. It's okay every now and then or to want to show somebody something. But Generally speaking, like, let's get back to really heavily engaging when we interact with people. And you're going to find that you doing that for somebody else will make them feel better. And you will love how you feel when somebody does it for you. That was something that really stood out about my partner. He is not a social media person at all. Like, he just is not. And, you know, when he is paying attention to me, he is giving me his full attention. And that that resonated with my love language in a big way, was having his full attention on me, no distraction, no like l- looking at his phone while we were talking. So try doing that for other people and see if you can have people do that for you. That's another way to build confidence. I wish I could speak to the representation aspect I wish that we had more representation for everybody and it wasn't still this very, at this point, it's so boring. It's like so scripted and so expected, the archetypes that we are going to see in movies and on TV, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be a representation that does not reflect the reality of the vast majority of people on this planet, but here we are. So take time to recognize that for yourself. Do yourself the favor of saying, hey, I'm not represented. It can make you feel frustrated, but it also makes you feel validated. And try to connect with people who continue to validate that. How often do we have just a movie where it's a family of any ethnicity besides Caucasian? Like at all. How often do we just have a movie, any movie, where you could have the same plot but swap it out for a different ethnicity. Like that just doesn't happen. And yet white people are not the majority on this planet. 
And if that is a surprise to anyone, I very much encourage you to crack open a book, maybe geography, take a look at the landmass in China and then try to estimate the population. Like white people, we are not the majority. And yet most of our entertainment is featuring a white family, a white heterosexual family with the 2.5 kids and the girls wear dresses and the boys like sports ball, like very, very generic and so average as to be non-existent. That average doesn't exist. We need more variety and more representation and you deserve that. Whoever I'm talking to right now, you're not the average. In some way, you are not the average and you deserve to be represented. You deserve to be the hero in the story. Like ladies, people of color, you know, uh, transgender, anybody of a non-hetero orientation, like you deserve to be the main character. You deserve to be the adventurer. You deserve to be the point of interest in media and not, you know, not just the villain or the quirky sidekick. So talk about it. It's fine. And you're going to feel more confident when you realize this is something you have the right to address. Part of building up confidence is practicing that speaking for yourself. For me, I started practicing speaking for myself and I am very fortunate in that I don't face a whole lot of opposition to my views, but there are some interactions that I have where I have to stand my ground on something and I've gotten very comfortable doing it. You know, at one point when we were on vacation, there's the river walk in San Antonio and it can be crowded. I was, as we were walking along certain areas, there are people who are mindful of others' space and there are people who are not. There was a time when I would have just wanted us to find a place to sort of tuck away and hide until the crowd died down or I would have been the one constantly dodging people because I literally would have been embarrassed about my size and I would have just been anxious about existing. But because I have been practicing that confidence, that wasn't the case. And when there were people who were being rude, I had no problem walking past them. And if I brushed up against them, hey, they really, they were putting us at risk of falling in the river. And I knew for sure if somebody was going to go in the river, it wasn't going to be me or my kid. And that may sound rude, but it goes back to hey, we should all just take a little bit of time to be aware of others. And if that's not some people's priority, being aware, or if I'm going to turn and give you a little space, and then you're going to broad shoulder your way through and still run into me, I'm not going to flinch. And that incident did happen. There were a lot of, the vast majority of people were great. There were times when we it was kind of narrow. And I, I mean, I wasn't being, you know, a bitch and just like plowing into people. But if I'm turning and trying to make room for you and you are walking straight ahead like I don't exist, even though I'm right in front of you, then yeah, I'm only going to move up to a certain extent. You're not making an effort. So we're going to shoulder each other. And if you tip into the river, it's your own damn fault. And some of you who heard that, did I sound like a bitch just then? If so, why? Why would I sound like a bitch? 
because I didn't yield more space that I honestly didn't have to give because somebody else wasn't willing to yield any. There is a compromise we all make on this planet to try to get along, but don't let anybody make you feel like you have to yield all of your space so that they don't have to yield any. And maybe that's a good point to start practicing. Find that area in your life where you're being asked to yield everything and stop. It can be in increments. Start only yielding three-fourths of your space, but then chop it down more. Get to the point where you're only yielding half of your space. And if the person or situation is particularly obnoxious or harmful to you, Get to the point where you don't yield any of your space to it. And that would be a great little exercise. And to help you along the way, pick that subject and start working with your cards or whatever uh, meditative means you would prefer. For me, I would draw a card each day to say, what will help me most to stop yielding so much space? Or however you want to word it, draw the card and meditate on the lesson it has to offer. And speaking of cards, I am going to be getting back to doing my Tarot Tuesday. I hope to have one uploaded next Tuesday. We will be reviewing the see we've done the magician. So the priestess. And I hope everybody's looking forward to it. I really appreciate everybody tuning in. At some point, I'm going to make a list of all the different places that uh, I've been seeing uh, people listen from. It's global so that's cool so anybody especially finland uh hey people in finland and sweden hi how did you find me cool super glad you did send me a message i would love to hear your thoughts and like how you even came across this some people in mexico what's up uh johannesburg like i i seriously would love to hear from some of you like i people from all over the world are apparently tuning in. Now that isn't to say I have like a huge listener base, but I would love to hear from some of you who are international. Like, what are your thoughts? I'm clearly speaking from a very like, uh, us centric point of view. Cause that's where I am. So let me know what your thoughts are on, uh, anything like literally that would be really awesome. I would love to hear it. So I really appreciate everybody who's listened in. And if any of you have thoughts that you want to share with me, you can email me at madmagscuriosemporium at gmail.com. I am on Instagram as madmag. Uh, you can hit up my Patreon account and leave a message. Really, uh, any way that you want to reach out to me, send me your questions, send me your thoughts. Is there something you would like to hear more of, less of? I am really interested in seeing what the community feels would serve it best. All right, everyone. In the meantime, find your balance, be your best self, and take no shit.